Did I tell you about the COVID chick? No. The call in? I can't remember if I told you or not. It's been a minute. You did not tell me this. <laughs> so we're testing at the store. What are you testing for? COVID. Okay. So this chick calls in. Woman. I, I didn't speak with her directly. I just you know got to overhear all this. I'm, I'm assuming she's youngish as well. A very nice young woman. So her question, if the tests come back positive, will the results also show every person she's infected? Did you ask how? I'm in the floor laughing. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, did, did she really legitimately ask that? People already think the government knows everything about us. Maybe she thinks that they've already done the contract tracing. <sighs> I'm not even going there at this point. My, my only thought was like, does she realize it's a nasal swab? Because she's probably going to put this damn thing in her ear. Do they do the throat anymore? Or is it just the nasal swab? Dude, I don't know. I, I know it's in my store and that's all I worry about. My name is John Edwards, and with me as always is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad's Drink of Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. Say hello to the folks, Zeke Baker. Hello, hello. You are alive, you are in the flesh, you are here in the studio. It is a Saturday night. We are so behind. I want to apologize to everyone. We did not get an episode out last week. So you are going to see a lot of episodes coming over the next few weeks because we have to make up for the ones we missed. Yeah, you're going to have lots of tally marks on your board. I am. And I was telling you about Sophia's tally mark board before we got on here. We will have tally marks that we will need to put up for the number of shows we do a month. Just don't ask me to play tummy sticks. Never playing tummy sticks with you. Never. Ever, ever. I can't believe you even just put that thought in my head. <laughs> it's never happening. Maybe you and Geek Shaker will play tummy sticks. See, the difference is I'm not going to think about that line ever again. You can even ask me about it. I'm like, what are you talking about? Geek will think about that line. But about one o'clock, it's going to be in your head later. No. <laughs> By that point, I'll be, I'll be a couple deep, ready to go to bed, snoring logs. <laughs> Anyways, today's show is sponsored by CastCartel.com, changing the industry standard as to how you get your alcohol. It is allocated season, and you know what beats sitting out, camping out overnight, not getting to go to the bathroom because you're in line, can't get out of line, people cutting you in front of line, all that kind of stuff. Go to CastCartel.com. Yes, it's going to cost more. It is a convenience play. You can get that stuff there at CastCartel.com. You can also get daily drinkers that are on par with what you would pay in stores. You should also follow them on Instagram at CastCartel. They're always doing awesome giveaways for their followers. Go ahead and check out CastCartel.com and at CastCartel on instagram today's show is also sponsored by premiumbarproducts.com and zeke we're in october and people are already starting to think about christmas things are you starting to think about christmas presents no i didn't think so i mean i told my mom i don't think about christmas presents until at least prime day if you're thinking about christmas presents you can laser etch barware you can laser etch glassware. They have the tipsy glass. They have a Glencairn. They have a Wee Glen. They have the Tua. They have the Neat. 
all sorts of ways that you can do custom laser edge graphics on your favorite glassware. You can also get the Dad's Drinking Bourbon official Glencairn glass at premiumbarproducts.com as well. So you should go there for that. If you are a distillery or a store or a bourbon group and you want to do more of a wholesale order, reach out to me. I will get you in touch with Carson and Vicky and Janie and all the good folks over at premiumbarproducts.com. Zeke, you've been quiet. I was trying to integrate you into that stuff, but you've been very quiet. What what you've been doing over there? Well, my first thought was very simply, especially with younger kids like we both have, you know, that's way too fickle to be buying something this time of year. If they like it today, by then, they're going to be like, what is this? This shit was yesterday's news. Like, what is this, Dad? You bought me this? Oh, that's why my mom is saying that she'll buy the boring stuff like clothes and things like that. I mean, that's almost a crapshoot. Never know when the growth spurt's going to hit. Oh, Sophia's already in six and seven year old clothes at four and a half years old. I mean, you're mid thirties, and there's t-shirts I see you in that the sleeves used to fit, and now they just don't seem to. That's because no days off. I can't help it that I'm growing. <laughs> My one John Edwards lob for the year, and now I'm done, folks. <laughs> Anyways, we are drinking Parker's Heritage Heavy Char Bourbon. Everybody looks forward to the PHC release every year. Last year, it was a Heavy Char Rye. It was a sleeper. If you remember last year's, I'm just going to throw this out there for you. We had it. We kind of liked the Cornerstone a little bit more. And then if you remember in the beginning of this whole quarantine mess, we did a show with Luke Castle and Brett Atlas, and they said, go ahead and try it again. And we did, and it was great. And if you let it have some air and really open up. So I almost was a little bit worried about this because we just got this a couple days ago. We got a media sample from Heaven Hill. So thank you for sending that our way. I kind of wanted to open this a little bit longer and see what was up. But initial thoughts, I'm, I'm asking you kind of a for a pregame before we taste it. Well, my initial, initial thought would be that, at least from what I remember the most about last year's PHC and then also uh, Cornerstone Rise, was that at 50-50, those two things really complemented each other well. I have to applaud you for that because that was something that you came up with. You were the first one. I think it made it to a board somewhere and somebody else tried to take credit. And I go, no, 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 no. <laughs> it was Zeke Baker that first said, do a half and half Cornerstone and PHC. And it was incredible. Well, thank you, good sir. I will give credit where credit is due. You are still an asshole, but sometimes <laughs> you are a savant. Oh, life. Thought-wise here, A, did they lay these down the same time as the rye? Like they just get a whole bunch of heavy charred barrels and like, oh, well, if you do one, you get to the other. Did they even taste them first, see which one should come out first? Or just like, which one was easier to roll out of the rig? I think they were aged a little bit differently. This was 102 barrels aged on the sixth floor of Rickhouse Y. They use char number five, where regular Heaven Hill is normally char number three. It's 78% corn, 12% barley, 10% rye, bottled at 120 proof. It's 10 years old, 60% ABV, and the MSRP is $120. Interesting proof as well. I mean, I would assume barrel strength was, you know, somewhere in that range, but it is still funny, you know, like you say, whenever you see just a big round number, like... Did you guys just throw darts to the board, whichever one hit what you went with? 
It's something that always gets me about these releases. And just to go back to something that you said, Zeke, the Heavy Char Rye was eight years old that Hmm. was released last year. So it was uh, $150 for the eight years old. It was a level five char for the rye. It was eight years and nine months on the seventh floor of Rick House Y. So it was actually a floor up. But depending on when you bottle, eight to 10, one year apart release wise, it's possible-ish. It's possible-ish. Another thought I have, especially remembering last year, was when um, Heaven Hill sent out the uh, you know email promo about it, and you could go to the website, and they had a pretty good little interactive slide set showed all five levels of char on wood. And seeing that level five char, I mean, that damn thing was cooked. I mean, it's sort of like you know have a fire, you know, let it burn out that night, whatever, and you, you, know, you come back the next day and you're kind of t- cleaning and tidying up, and then you see the you know just one or two pieces of, like basically coal that were wood that are now left there. Like, this is what that level five looked like. I mean, they are flat out, like, cooked. You got lines all through it. You know, not bubbled up, but kind of that raised surface area, you know, whatnot. I mean, it felt some heat. And it makes me wonder, because some of that old Buffalo Trace experimental got all the way to char number seven. These are at char number five, and you see the char, and you're like, wow, that's a lot. I can't imagine going more than that, but that's a different show for a different day. Yeah, and I guess my only tidbit there would be, so if and when, at what point, did chars become somewhat universal or measurable? Because at some point, somebody had to say, oh, that barrel's charred. How you know? Huh, it's charred. The thing about char, though, is it comes down to the amount of seconds that you are burning it for. Where it's a char number three, char number two, char number four, five, six, whatever it is, it's just the time. That's all it is. It's not going to the level they're not measuring it saying like, oh, it's gone this far into the stave, therefore it's level four. It's just the amount of time that you're burning it. Yeah, but who, you know, makes sure all these fires are the right temperature and who does quality control on that? I'm just saying, I thought there's got to be some variance. It's getting hot in here. So let's talk about the bourbon. <laughs> what did you think about this, Zeke Baker? Give me some notes. I nosed this thing for a while. You always nose everything for a while. So no, I've gotten better, but literally I, I did it for such a length on this because I was struggling to come up with a whole lot. I mean, still, all I have written down after all this time was dried wood. And it, I mean, it's just very well dried out wood, like something you'd want to have if you were going to build a fire out back. I mean, you know, you go to the wood stack and you find some stuff that's been there for two or three years. You know, it's been split for a while and it's just been sitting out and Mother Nature doing its thing. But that's really, I mean, that's all I got nosing this thing. What did you get on the taste and the finish? Palette wise, this is a little bit over the place. I'll warn you ahead of time. I always like these when you do that. So my first thought was very simply, not Heaven Hill. I don't know. It just didn't overly remind me of a Heaven Hill profile without going into forever notes process on this. I just put down that I felt like the normal profile seemed blanched over almost. There was a singe at the back end and then the char kind of moved in. Definitely as you sip this a few more times, the finish becomes more and more noticeable and a, a much bigger aspect, I think, of the profile. To me, the, the char presented as a heat or a warmth but not necessarily a, a bitter bite type thing. Like, you know, we've seen some other folks' products, especially at younger ages. I almost put down that there was even a, a later second finish that kind of surfaced through again. It definitely reminded me of, a, you know, dark uh, tobacco and or chocolate somewhere in there. As that kind of faded out, I really see where you could, you know, almost in your mind get a, 
a slight alt sense of aging to a degree, knowing this is only a 10-year product and kind of what really lingers on that deep back end part of the palette. And honestly, you almost have to kind of like sit there and think and do something else. And then, oh, well, there's something I didn't expect to come back around on me. Also, to kind of clarify the heat that's on there, it definitely doesn't seem like it's anything that has to do with um, you know proof or astringency. I feel like the heat that's in there is from that wood and char as well. It, it's just a, a big, bold warmth, but it's not a wry kick. It's not bitter. I mean, not to beat the dead horse. It's unique in the way it presents itself. It's interesting that you say things the way that you say things sometimes, because one of the things that I was thinking overall as I was drinking this was, this kind of drinks to me more like a rye than a bourbon. Even though I know it's a bourbon mash bill, I know it's bourbon that was put in there, but it's got a spiciness to it. A little bit of pine, I noticed, maybe even a little wintergreen. Like I got a little bit of wintergreen and pine on the nose, but I, but I said this is kind of like the spinal tap of bourbon at Heaven Hill. You know when he's sitting there and he's talking about his amp and he has 11 written on there and he goes... Well, now normal amps go to 10, but yours go to 11. And he's like, yes, but these go to 11. And it's just one notch higher. And what I did was I poured us an Elijah Craig B520. And I sat there and I nosed them side by side. And it just seemed like a little bit more of an amplified nose than I got from the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. Not saying the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof was not as good. I, it just, it seemed amped up a little bit. And I would say that almost on the, the taste as well. I got pepper, pine, char, vanilla, tobacco, and leather. And as I listened to you say things, the char almost kind of gave it a false sense of age where these notes that I got in there, I would normally expect from an older Heaven Hill product. I think I got these in there because of of the char. I think that extra char does a lot more than people would even give it credit for. It's crazy. So what notes you got? I said notes. I said rye, spice, wintergreen, vanilla, and pine on the nose. And I said pepper, pine, char, vanilla, tobacco, and leather on the taste. Okay. That's what I said. I said it all. Oh, I heard the nose part and then I... Then you tuned out. You went somewhere on a tangent. No, like literally you lost me when you went to the Elijah Craig. And I was like, hold on, which one is he saying is what? And I had, that's why I was over writing down. No, the char was a little bit amplified to me over the Elijah Craig barrel proof. Because I remember when we first took a sip of this, it was like, man, is this really that good? Is it that much better than Elijah Craig barrel proof? I remember we first took a sip of this and it's like, well, it's kind of bourbon. Does this remind me of anything that's bigger than a, a barrel proof in it? I mean, it's more amplified, but is there that much of a disparity? I mean, I thought the biggest difference in the two between the Elijah Craig barrel proof and then the PHC was simply Elijah Craig barrel proof was much more robust and definitely much more of an upfront on your tongue profile. I mean, as soon as it hits, all your notes are popping and you know what they are and you're getting them. Whereas this really drifts to the back pretty easily and I won't say unnoticeably, but it does move to the back for me and then just kind of has much more of a subtle linger, you know, finishing aspects to it. I guess could almost get missed if you don't really pay attention to them. And, and that was the bigger difference for me. And then, uh, you know, nose wise as well, I, I felt like the Elijah Craig kind of jumped out of the glass a little bit more. I get all of that. So what kind of a release stats are there on this bad boy looking at the press release sad day on the stat guy let's down the stats no it didn't have it i looked at this stuff i gave you all of the stats before 
I never heard a release number, so I just assume you omitted it. Well, they didn't have them. Oh. So you know me better to know that if there were release numbers on here, I would have given them to you. Hey, you might be playing games with your heart. You never know. Quit playing games with my heart. <laughs> All the loneliness has always been a friend of mine. I know where that's going. I'm leaving my heart in your hands. I mean, I'm assuming these are more song references, but me and boy bands are a very limited knowledge. You know, I'm not the slowest, you know, draw around here. It's kind of like bourbon. Like bourbon sits there. If bourbon could sing, they would say, I don't care who you are, where you're from, what you did, as long as you drink me. Interesting motto. I will say while we are on the, uh, you know, topic of Heaven Hill, they have been dropping out some pretty good, uh, you know, bombs, so to speak, lately off the uh, TTB boards and, uh, and other places. I guess not boards, but people posted on boards they see on TTB. You mean all that select stock? Yeah. I mean, three different ones I've seen in the past week or so, all like 20 plus year aged. I mean, this stuff they, they had to sit and work on for a while and there's aging to a degree. And then once you reach a certain number, it at least I would hope, I guess, that it's no longer even about like the year statement on the bottle or barrel or whatever. Like it's literally, all right, we think this is where we, we want this to be as a release. Like there's some statement you're trying to make. I mean, this day and age, once you get above 20 years, like, shit, that's some old juice. Well, I was having this conversation with a group today about some stuff that was MGP and it got released with a wine finish and it was a little bit older than where I thought the, the sweet spot would be. And then you know, you're putting the wine finish there to hide the fact that maybe it's a little bit too oaky. I don't know. Like, I mean, once it gets to a certain year and i mean the 27 really surprised me the 27 was good so i think in one hand i look at heaven hill and i go well heaven hill has shown me in the past that they know how to handle older juice i just don't know if it's even worth it to go after a bourbon whiskey that's 30 year old plus yeah i mean it piques me enough to where i want to taste it oh i want to taste it but my expectation is not very high no, it's, it's that, you know, kind of weird, I guess, uh, double contendere, some statement word No, there. not a double entendre, but it's like, <laughs> you know what it is? It's like somebody that has like a moldy cheese. Oh. And they tell you like, man, you don't want to smell this. It smells so bad. You're like, all right, well, I'll just see what it smells like because I want to know. <laughs> I am intrigued though. Like 36 years in a barrel. Jesus. You're intrigued on some moldy cheese <laughs> for the 36 year old whiskey the whiskey i'm intrigued on because i personally just want to taste it cheese i'll admit it's one of those things where folks tell you like well it's supposed to taste like good or smell good and like this is why i immediately want to have my own sensory experience just to see if it's like hey yeah i mean you know david koresh told these people to drink the kool-aid one time too doesn't mean you should have done it fair point <laughs> I mean, just, Sorry, that went off the rails. But that it, went, yeah. When you brought David Koresh into it, I don't really know where the hell I'm going to go from there. So I'm just going to say, let's move on. All right. So what you did said you this think is, about this Parker's? Did, would you buy it, bar it, pass on it? What are you going to do on the Parker's? What did you say? It was 120 a bottle? It's 120 a bottle. And I would say that, you know, for their flagship opposed to the old Fitz or everything else, old Fitz was 10 bucks a year. They're obviously going a little bit higher for the Parkers and knowing that some of it is going to charity as well. Some of it's going 
for ALS for Parker Beam. Are you buying this at 120 bucks? I think especially knowing the other stuff they have um, in the very soon near whatever you want to call it pipeline. I, I mean, I'm much more amped up and focused on those. Uh, th- this one went from somewhere middle of the radar maybe to just like, uh, what? No, nah, I've already moved on. You know me. I'm a sucker for PHC. If I have the opportunity to buy it, I'm buying it. I love Parker. I love what this stands for. I love the charitable aspects of it. The whiskey is probably more of a bar for me, but if I have the opportunity to buy the bottle, I'm buying the bottle. Plus, 120 bucks for the Ferrari from the line. I'm saying of the, the Heaven Hill line, this is their big release every year is the Parker's Heritage. The- well, and without going too far out the path, down the path or dragging this on too far. And I'll even toss this to you because you're more familiar than I am. But looking back at all the previous releases, if you factor in the past two years, do those really seem as novel, as much of an experiment, as much as kind of a, you know, a one-off as those older versions did? Because at least from what I can think of off the top of my head, those were much more, you know, not your standard run-of-the-mill. Um, the, the variations were more significant, whether you liked them or not. Whereas this is just kind of like I put my toe over the line, not even my whole foot. Over the line, Donnie. <laughs> Sorry. Smoky. So you have the two heavy chars, then you have the orange Curacao, then you have the single barrel, which I think that single barrel gets overlooked. A lot of people look at that and say, that was an 11-year single barrel. How cool was that for a PHC? And it ends up being one of the better ones that has been out there. I mean, then you have the 24-year wheat I'm not going in order at this point, but you have the wheat, you have the blend of mash bills, you have promise of hope. You know, the other ones weren't as crazy as I think you think they were. Maybe I'm just thinking about the ones that stand out. I mean, and that, that's why I pitched it up. Like at this point, I think, uh, you know, you, you know what you see on the boards, you know what you see your friends chatting about. And maybe that's why those get talked about more is because they push the envelope and also delivered. I just don't see this as being that big of a push off the uh, you know beaten path, so to speak. And maybe it's a sleeper for people that aren't going to be able to get some of the other allocated stuff they want. Maybe you slide in, get this one, and maybe pull a robbery from somebody that thought they were going to get it, you know? I mean, finish-wise, it rocks. I I just, at this point, you know, obviously Heaven Hill's, you know, one of the biggest producers of bourbon. Their stuff is out there in plenty of various formats. I just think if you're going to do something novel and still at the end of the day be a heaven hill product you know you could go a little further off the uh, either side of the bell curve i just think for 120 bucks nobody's gonna bat an eye for 120 bucks for an allocated release where other people are putting stuff out for 180 200 even more to have the big release of the year be 120 bucks i don't think anybody's crying and saying damn you heaven hill for overcharging us for shit no that's not in that aspect so it's like if you have 120 bucks and you're interested in stuff, go ahead and buy it. Because if this is going to be 60 bucks a pour at a bar, I'd rather just spend 60 more bucks and buy a bottle. It's like we talked about. Why don't these things get staggered out? They know what's coming. Why not do a Heaven Hill Select stocks? Spread those three out over three or four month intervals. Put this at different point. Like I think we all wish that things moved from allocated to being a 90 day, 120 day window out of the year to Spread it out. Spread the love. So Zeke is a pass and wait for Heaven Hill select stock. 
I'd bar it for conversation. I wouldn't feel bad about it. I mean, I don't, I don't per se need to, uh, to have it at the bar at this point, but some of those select stocks. Mm. I get it just because I like that PHC, not just from a marketing standpoint. I like the fact that it's a little bit amped up. And for 120 bucks, I'm not going to cry either way. You know what else I like? Burritos. When people find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinky Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinky Bourbon. Find us wherever you download your podcast. Chances are you already have because you're listening to us right now. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Good old Nashville, Tennessee, and maybe a few other uh, fun spots in the next month or three. Thanks again to Heaven Hill for sending this our way. Cheers. Ciao.